do your job. Dad like it's your job. Do your job. With Chris Zito. Do your job. He's a dad, a radio host, a father, a speaker, dad, an actor, a dad, a comedian, a dad, a husband, a dad, and, well, a dad. Welcome to Dad Like It's Your Job. I'm your host, Chris Zito. Just like the man said, that's my buddy Chad Erickson. He's an amazing, amazing announcer guy, and I'm so psyched that he did that for us. Thank you, Chad. All right, I promised you when we started this pod that we would have all kinds of different dads on. We've had some dad experts. We've had adoptive dads. We've had older dads like me. (laughs) So I wanted to introduce you in this episode to Luke DeRoy. Luke is from Western Massachusetts. That's one of the markets that I'm in. I'm on two radio stations for the morning show. I'm on uh, 96.1 SRS in Worcester, Mass. And I'm also on uh, Mix 93.1 in Springfield, Mass. So Springfield, Mass, that's in Western Massachusetts. And Luke is from Western Mass. And he got involved in a program called Nurturing Fathers. Now, you can check that out at nurturingfathers.com. It's an amazing program, and it's available in a lot of different places. One of the places it's available is the Northampton Recovery Center in Northampton, Mass. That's northamptonrecoverycenter.org. One other thing, I wanted to give a little love and a little shout-out to the Children's Trust of Massachusetts. Children's Trust is an organization that's in a lot of different states, and it's mostly to help marginalized families. Its central focus is to do everything they can to help families and help children to prevent child abuse. But clearly, they're involved in a lot of other programs that help families, that help parents, and of course, help dads in general. So a little love for the Children's Trust of Massachusetts. Thanks for introducing me to Luke so that I can introduce Luke to my listeners. Thank you. And Luke is a guy, he's a fairly young guy, was dating this woman, hadn't even been dating that long. She got pregnant. They decided to have this child together. And so we'll let Luke tell you a little bit more about that in the conversation that you're about to hear He was really interested in learning about being an active father, even though he was young, even though he didn't have any experience in fatherhood, even though this child was unexpected. And as you know, as I say in the talk, Dad, like it's your job, when I talk about Dr. Kagashal, my daughter who has a PhD, I like to work that into most conversations. I have a daughter with a PhD. But when she was born, I was only 19 years old. She was unexpected, but never unwanted. And that made an enormous difference in our lives, in our relationship. I I like to think it made a difference in her life. I know it made a difference in mine, and it made a huge difference in my approach to fathering her and my other children. So here's my conversation with my new young friend, Luke DeRoy. Luke, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Let's start with uh, your dad, because I know the program we're going to be talking about starts with your childhood. How many kids were in your family when you were growing up? I just have one sister who's a few years younger than me. Okay. So we had we had a we had it in a fortunate situation. We got it. We got enough attention. Yeah. Okay. Both so. Our, yeah, both our parents were around as we were growing up, and um, as I got older, I saw how much that <laughs> that had a part to play in my. My growing up when things got tough, I was really grateful to to have my dad there. Yeah. So your dad was a pretty big part of your life growing up. 
Yeah, he was very consistent, and I think that was the biggest thing. Okay, so you have that sort of foundation as part of your own parenting experience. Now, how many kids have you got? I have one son. He's going to be four in a few days, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah? All right, so I should let the listeners know we're recording this in January. So what's your what's your son's name? His name is Roland. Roland. So by the time you're hearing this, faithful listener, Roland will be a uh, happy, healthy four-year-old boy. That's a cool name, Roland. All right, so I want to talk about this Nurturing Fathers program you went through. You went through it in Northampton, Mass., you can Correct. go to nurturingfathers.com and get the general information, but I know that you went through it in Northampton. Tell us about how you got involved in that, first of all. Well, you know, raising a, raising a kid is obviously not really a, a linear experience all the time. It's, you know, it has its its jumps and, and setbacks, and um, I just happened to be connect. I became connected to this program after Roland's mother and I split up and it was it was pretty unexpected when it happened um, it happened you know sort of quick and I was really in a place of you know I wasn't sure what was going to happen in the coming months and um, I kind of just started putting myself out there to any local resources that might be able to help me fill my time with healthy healthy things I ended up moving back with my parents and I was really reaching out for for some some sort of support because I was I was in a rough spot and this this place actually got referred to me by somebody who had gone through the program before and I didn't know what to expect but um, I put my name out there and then somebody gave me a call from the program and said come on come on by before it even really started it just it's a Tuesday night thing and. I just started showing up on Tuesday before I knew it. The real class started and it was a real workshop and we got a book and we started talking about, you know, what, like all these different things, like you said, you know, it it starts in childhood, all our lives start in childhood and all our habits and all our identities start to get formed when we're so young. And so this program, this nurturing fathers program has been just indispensable in, in my life to take a, a a little moment each week, you know, a couple hours, talk to some other people and do a little introspection about what it means to be a dad, about what, you know, how, how what kind of person we want to be, what kind of dad we want to be. I think that so much of so much of our good decisions will come from just a few minutes of questioning, what does it mean? What does it mean to be good? What do we really want? And so that's yeah, this this program has been so inv- invaluable. The people there, the the warmth, you know, it's that kind of support. I don't think you can really substitute for anything. You need you need people around you. You need community. Yeah, you know, in the uh, talk, Dad, like it's your job. I talk uh, uh, at the uh, in the first part of the talk. I talk a lot about fathers talking to other fathers. It's not something that comes all that naturally it sounds like in this program you're put in a position where you're in a room with other fathers and there's that kind of interchange is pretty important i wanted to ask you about roland um you said you 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 know you're co-parenting i presume with his mom still but now was roland a planned child 
No, he wasn't. Okay, so that's something that, that's how I started, too. When I first became a father, I was only 19 when I became a father. And I always say, I've always said about her, and I still say, and I say this in the talk, that she was unexpected, but never unwanted. And what an enormous difference that made in my life and in her life. Even as a 19-year-old kid, it was kind of love at first sight. And I was like, I don't care... How old? I don't. I, I realize this is a, a dire situation, you know, when you look at it from the outside. But this is my kid. Is that has that been your experience? Unexpected, but never unwanted. Absolutely. I mean, it was. I was surprised by how welcoming I felt when when I heard the news. I didn't. We didn't know each other that well when it started. We had just kind of gotten together not that long before, but we had an immense amount of you know passion and respect for each other and we kind of just decided we were gonna do our best and see what happens and and right from that first moment everything switched from like an internal looking at myself in a certain kind of way to a much longer game all of a sudden oh, yeah <laughs> things started opening up for me that i didn't even think myself capable of doing i started looking five ten years in the future and thinking realistically about where am i going to be in five or ten years because right. if, if i have a child he's only going to be five years old <laughs> he's still going to yeah. be a little kid and i have <laughs> five years to get myself together before he so i really started looking into into my myself and which habits i wanted to try and 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 nurture and yeah they it really kind of has made me a better a better person that's really the biggest thing about about being a dad is it's you can you know be a dad but really what you're saying is that you're just being a a good example you have to be a good person you have to have Right. morals and sure. you have to care about you have to be able to work hard and on, like one of the other big things that just keep you kind of need to remind yourself that you're like you're going to make mistakes that no person is is perfect everybody has moments where they're going to be swayed they're going to pick up habits that they might not you know truly believe in and it's our job as people to look at ourselves and not beat ourselves up about these mistakes that we make and right. be able to move forward. And so it's a continuous process of growth. And that's exactly what we need to do for our children is, is let them know that you can mess up, you can fall down, and that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, you're, you sure. still can, can cherish yourself. <laughs> well, that's where the learning is, right? And the mistakes. Exactly, exactly. And that's like a lesson that I'm afraid not, you know, if you're not t- – if you're not taught that it might be easy to beat yourself up i mean we just we're just not perfect and the biggest thing is as a child we want to learn that we are capable of being loved you know i want to go back to what you said about um just uh being a good person and setting an example what the professionals would call modeling good behavior i'm sure you're right. familiar with that phrase because you went through this nurturing fathers mm-hmm. program they use that phrase modeling good sure. behavior yeah. and uh that's a weird thing like for me as a as a radio guy early in my career the guy that was mentoring me about morning radio the the first time we did an appearance together because i i do stand up i was an actor and i a stand-up comedian and in that job you're backstage and then when the performance starts you get on stage and everybody's looking at you right 
Mm-hmm. When I got into radio and I was doing an appearance, like we were doing a remote appearance and people were hanging out and we were doing the broadcast, he pulled me aside. He said, you got to remember, when we're here, every minute that you're here, there are listeners here in the room and they're watching you. They may be looking at you at any moment, so you have to make sure you maintain a certain level of professionalism. And that's sort of like when you're a dad and you're around your kid, it's unbelievable. They are just like, you never know when they're locked in on what you're doing, what you're saying, just the way you carry yourself. They pick up on that stuff. And, you know, you'll hear your kid even at four. Little Roland, you'll hear him say something. You're like, "Where in the world did he pick that yeah. up?" Yeah, we yeah, we know where. Right, <laughs> it's it's quick, and so modeling good behavior. While that might be a good way to go about it, it you don't want to give the idea that you're faking this. Like, you can't model good behavior consistently if <laughs> no. you're not if you're not taking yourself. And it's but it you know it's it's not always obvious. We think that we can kind of sneak by and you know kind of just keep up with unhealthy habits that we might have had as as children adolescents or tw- you know 20 years old we're still working right. it out right and yeah there's a lot there's a lot to learn the process of growth is really just an endless process it's a spiritual process that it doesn't have an end to it i'm i'm constantly seeing things about myself that i could change that i could make better so there's that side of my existence, and then there's the side I need to cherish, which is like, believe in yourself. You can do it. You can do whatever it is you want to do, and you sure. should be steadfast and strong in those beliefs, but you need both. You need the humility and the will. Yeah, and like I said, we're, we're recording this in January, and I just did the talk at the Basketball Hall of Fame for clients of Square One. I don't know if you're familiar with that organization in Springfield, Square One Springfield, as in like start at Square One, and they help a lot of families that are on the margins in Springfield and talking to really young dads and talking about that, like you can do this. Like I I, I was saying to them, I can imagine it might have been helpful to me if the future me, when I was a 19-year-old about to become a father, you know, if the future me had shown up and said, buddy, it's it can be okay. It can be right. even better than okay. It can be right. you know really okay. And right. the other thing that I didn't know when I was nineteen and I became a father, I was a little terrified. Did you have that experience? You know, like how's this going to work? And <laughs> yeah. one of the things I didn't realize at the time that I know now, because I was nineteen, I was broke, I had no idea what was going to you know. I had a, but at least I had a serious drinking problem, so that helped. But uh, <laughs> I, what I didn't know is that there were guys in their thirties that had some money that had a career already they were also terrified so yeah, you're, you're absolutely. like that that was the thing that i sort of learned like my individual circumstances didn't really matter i was you know as long as i was doing the best i could mm-hmm. and i was connected to this kid that it could work out has that been have you had that experience yeah i think that when you have a kid like your actions become illuminated in a way that they just weren't before like now i'm not only acting for myself i'm not only making decisions for myself everything that i do can lend itself to this child then seeing me and then making decisions for the rest of their life based on what they (laughs) think is right because of what i decided to do so it's like, it doesn't matter what age you are. Like if yeah. you went your whole life and not really having that experience of being like, oh, now I see how I'm, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm, I'm the example for this other, this other thing. Like the word role model has been, you know, important to me my whole life. I kind of looked who do I, who do I want to be like? It's a very healthy 
you know, thought to have is what yeah. kind of person do I want to be? Who do I want to model myself after? And all of a sudden it was like, like a, a, it dropped. It was like the starting gate, you know, the, the light turns green and all of a sudden, okay, we're on. So everything that you've decided that you want to be, it's time to really start going after that and yeah. and not just saying, well, you know, whatever, maybe tomorrow, maybe next yeah, year. So, uh, so you, you know, that makes it, you make an interesting point. So even a guy who becomes a father later in life for the first time, let's say a guy's never been a dad. Now he's like in his late forties and he finally becomes a father. Like he finally finds the right woman or whatever the, case may be that does happen Mm -hmm. and he's having that same experience that i had at 19 that you had in your late 20s that's incredible it's a rebirth in a way you you see yourself in a in a light that you just couldn't have couldn't have possibly seen yourself before so uh, let's talk a little bit more about nurturing fathers and where you found that because i want to be able to share with the listeners if they know somebody who could who could benefit from a program like that i want to make sure we get that information out there Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are multiple ways I've heard of people finding this program. There are um, they work through the jail in our county. So when the program starts, it's a thirteen week class every Tuesday. Okay, and they'll bring people from the jail. They'll bring people from uh, houses. People like like halfway houses, sober houses, that kind of stuff. Yep, and there are. People who will just come in. I've I've brought friends with me who, you know, have had kid for a while or just having a kid and and yeah. just kind of like acclimating to this new life. Because um, I personally heard about it through um, our our DCF worker. We got the DCF got involved in our case when everything okay. kind of happened, and that that uh, worker and I kind of ended up having a lot of conversations about just dad resources. He was a dad. He had, sure. he had actually gone through the program. And he wow. mentioned to me, there's a group of people who meet up on Tuesdays and it's just that you get to just talk about being a dad. And I think that it would be great for you to go and, you know, experience. Like he, he phrased it to me in a way that I would go to learn, but I would also be able to share my story. Yeah. And that was appealing to me. I wasn't just going just because I needed help. You know, it mm-hmm. was more like an experience where I could go and share. And that's exactly what I found. It was a very wholesome environment when we when I when I showed up there, it was like just have a conversation about whatever. And over time it starts to get deeper and deeper and you realize we're actually making progress here. You know, I'm working on things about myself. I have, you know, deep-seated insecurities about my my inconsistency as a person. I, you know, if, am I going to be able to finish this? Am I going to be able to come through and and get it done? Because I have I've had things in my life that have shown me, well, you have problem problems finishing things. Well, right. this isn't something I, I have a I have a choice. I need to be consistent all the way through. I can't fall off yeah. part way through and try and pick it up later. So, be having that as a structure thing was was immense. I mean. I'm just glad to have heard about it, and I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk to somebody who wants to hold that up and show other people that it's available. Hundred percent. I'm sure there are there are other resources, but I've never found anything so helpful as as this group. These people are so you know they they care, and that's really what it what it is. When you have a a child, the child needs to feel like you care, and as a as adults, we have that too. We need to feel like people care. So when sure. somebody's there to care and 
talk to you, you can then turn around and bring that back to your family and, and have patience and not, not be reactive, not be angry, because mm-hmm. it doesn't help anybody to be angry. Well, you strike me as a guy who will see this through, for sure. You seem very committed to this, and obviously that's important. But I'm also glad that you brought up DCF. I've had this conversation on the pod before. A lot of people, the only thing they hear about DCF, the Department of Children and Families in Massachusetts, it makes the news when DCF steps in, takes a kid out of a home. To take the kid away. Right. And, it's, and that's, we had the same fear. Right. Yeah. And that's that's what people think it is. Really what it is is much more of what they do is what you described. They connect parents that are struggling in some way with resources. Like, yeah. if this is what you're struggling with, guess what? This is out there that can help. And they really do facilitate that way often. They really mm-hmm. do. So I'm glad that you had that experience, and I'm glad that you mentioned it here during our conversation. Yeah. So I want to give a shout-out to the uh, Northampton Recovery Center. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's where it's you've been going place. to this. It's a pretty intensive program, 13 weeks. It's no joke. Nurturingfathers.com, you can get information. You can go to NorthamptonRecoveryCenter.com to see what they're doing here in western Massachusetts. But like I said, NurturingFathers.com. If you're in Central Mass listening to this, there's the Children's Trust is how you and I ended up getting introduced. Alicia that works with the Children's Trust of Massachusetts, and that's in pretty much every state. There's a Children's Trust in every state, and they work towards helping young parents to make sure kids are safe and well taken care of. And you're sort of a... Shining of example, Luke, when I reached out to them, they were like, oh, you got to talk to this guy, Luke DeRoy. He's doing really well. So well, I'm, I, I'm like a huge advocate for this program. When, when I first started showing up, it was a couple weeks before the program actually started and they were just there. There was a few people just there, a couple yeah. uh, social workers, like trained therapists, these professional people who I can look at and, yeah. and I'd say, wow, like these are, these are real people. <laughs> you know, <and laughs> Right. I, it's uh, no joke. I, yeah, I started hanging out there and I just I was just going and then when the when the course finally started and I did the 13 weeks, I really enjoyed it. We had a graduation, they had supper that were there for us every mm-hmm. every week. And when the graduation happened, I kind of like went up to him and I was like, "So, like Tuesday, you know, like I know that we just finished, <laughs> you to keep but like, going, right? You guys be there." And they were like, "Yeah, we're going to be there. Just keep coming since I had come before. I kind of had mm-hmm. the inkling like maybe they'll keep going." And so I I go every Tuesday. I haven't missed more than one or two meetings when I had to take care of my son. I didn't make it one or two times, but yeah. they made it clear, "You want to bring him? Like he's welcome. We have childcare for him. Yeah, he that's still cool. sitting on the meeting." Luke DeRoy, Roland's dad, as he's known in some circles. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this. Obviously, this is really important stuff. You know, this is why I wanted to start this podcast so dads could hear other dads talking about this stuff. Because, like Absolutely. I said, dads, we it's not it's not the most natural thing for dads to get together and talk about you know, this kind of important stuff. So I really... It is against our social structure a sure, lot of times. of course. We yeah, man. We need to bottle it up. And, yeah, we and talk about sports or the job or my yeah. girlfriend or whatever. You know what I mean? We, we you know, we mix it up. Bust chaps. Yeah. So... That's, um, that's part of the nurturing fathers. That's yeah. part of like being nurturing is kind of a... It's more of a female trait culturally. Yes. You don't think about a man being nurturing, but we have to learn how to nurture ourselves in mm-hmm. order to nurture our children and they can then they can turn and give that love to the rest of the world. Well, and I'm sure you've had the experience too, Luke. There is nothing like comparing notes with another father 
to realize that a lot of the stuff that you're going through, these are universal feelings, universal fears, and there are solutions that we can all share together. So, Luke DeRoy, I think you're on a great path, man. Keep it up. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely. I had a great time talking to you. Well, there you go. That's Luke DeRoy. And told you, pretty cool, huh? Young and devoted father. Uh, This is a guy who actively has sought out learning about being the best father he can be, being the best man he can be, just to model a good life. Living a good life is a huge part of parenting, just modeling the right, the next right thing. He seems genuinely concerned about doing the next right thing and passing that on to his kid. That's pretty cool. All right, uh, that does it for now. So don't forget to subscribe. If you like this pod, please tell your pals, you know, spread the word, uh, leave us a review, download the episodes, and like the episode, and all that stuff like that there, as I like to say. That's the latest episode of Dad Like It's Your Job. I guess we'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Tell your pals.